Welcome back to another issue. I'm Beastie Boy. I'm Table. I'm Red. And it is I, Shino Brando. And in this issue, we make a contract to form our soul gems and delve into the world of Madoka Magica. So the full long name of this is Puella Magi Madoka Magica. And I already know you're going to disagree with me about the pronunciation of her name, but I rewatched the sub just for this episode, and that's how they say her name the entire time, Madoka. So I guess we were wrong, even though it feels like an anglicization. I'm not going to argue with like eight hours of watching a bunch of young girls fuck around and find out, you know? Madoka Magica is a 2011 anime created by the Magica Quartet, which is an artist group containing director Akiyuki Shimbo, screenwriter Jen Hirobuchi, a character designer Ume Aoki, and producer Atsuhiro Iwakami. In this house, we respect proper pronunciation, but I am a scrub (laughs) and also white, so if I fuck up, please have mercy. It was also animated by Shaft Studio. This anime has a weird production situation. So there is a manga, Mm -hmm. but instead of the typical manga to anime, this was one of those cases where it went the other way around. The anime existed first, and someone created a manga adaptation and a bunch of spinoffs. Interestingly, about the spinoffs, they replace the word Madoka in the title with the name of the protagonist of them sometimes other times it's just like ah the story of Jean Arc because yeah Joan of Arc technically is relevant there's also three video games that exist one for the PSP called Madoka Magica Portable one for the Vita in 2013 called the Battle Mm -hmm. Pentagram and a phone game in 2017 called Magia Record there's also a novelization of the series which is apparently pretty good And there are three movies. The first two recap the series. So if you want to just skip the anime and some of the extra scenes, you can just watch the first two movies. Mm -hmm. But as all things that are faster, it's not quite the same. The third movie, however, is called Rebellion, and it is a proper sequel to the events of the series. And I will be talking about it to some extent here today, but not too many because Mm -hmm. at the end of the series, there's a major change of world state. And so Rebellion has to then exist in that world state. And to tell you too much about that would be big spoilers territory. Right. As of April 2021, there has also been a fourth movie announced, a sequel to Rebellion, which, given where that movie ends, is honestly vaguely concerning. Madoka Magica is pretty popular. It sold over 50,000 copies of its Blu-ray in Japan, and it also won multiple awards. The Television Award at the 16th Animation Kobe, the 12th New Type Anime Awards, and the Grand Prize for Animation in the 2011 Japan Media Arts Award. I got a comment, because yeah. I didn't pay attention to the year that it came out. So when I watched it, and then now that I'm hearing you, I didn't know it was like, it was like already 10 years old. Like I, if, if I watched I watched that now, I thought it was like current. Like that, that thing is like beautifully done. The animation in this series is incredible. Yeah. This anime, though, not the movies. It is on Netflix. The movies, you have to go through a whole bunch of hoops to find. But because it's on Netflix, this thing has to be categorized. And it's a magical girl anime. So its title card is pink as fuck. Super pink (laughs) and pretty and cutesy. However, it is also psychological horror in its genre. Because it's a deconstruction of the magical girl concept, Mm -hmm. it's got some pretty nasty parts here and there. As a result, sometimes this anime turns up in the horror sections of netflix and other things which is just hilarious that little pink title card sitting right next to (laughs) slasher films you're like hmm 
that's weird. You know what, though? I like that idea because it just conveys this, like, it, it, it you know, it's not what it cracks up to be. Don't judge a book by its cover, right? Like, mm-hmm. it looks cute, oh, but yeah. God damn it, when you get inside there, man. <laughs> There's actually an incredible section early on in the third movie where most of the team are going through fairly standard transformation sequences with dancing and sparkles and colors and super hopeful, optimistic, and fun music. And one of the characters is on her knees having a bit of a breakdown because she is so not okay. And no Mm -hmm. one acknowledges that in any way as they're doing this. You guys watched the first episode. And the first episode has hints of something not quite being what it seems. But shit Mm -hmm. doesn't go down until the third. Like, what really stood out to you guys as not normal for a magical girl anime all that magical stuff that was or i guess the artwork of it where things were starting to move that shit Ooh, was you mean like, the you mean the nightmare realm <laughs> oh, oh fuck yeah might as well that is that is what you you'll try to be with the shadow realm that is darkness evoked and shown i mean still for me it, it comes off like like the magical girl trope and like for me because i didn't get i didn't make it to episode three but seeing like what they could encounter, like again, I've seen some watch lists and whatnot. I've seen like some like lists and spoiler alerts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I know what this show's all about. So I'm just like, I get it. So like now knowing what I'm looking at, like I can see where it's where you know how we could throw someone off. Yeah, design wise, the witches are super interesting. The witches mm-hmm. being what they spend most of their time fighting. Because mm-hmm. rather than traditional anime style, which the rest of the show is in, the witches in their labyrinths are in a weird collage art style with minions and attacks and bodies that look like they're a bunch of different pieces thrown together. And I think we can all agree the witches' music slaps fucking hard. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. They were like, you know what? We need to make sure the series is good, but we need to make sure the music slaps. Yeah, dude. Before we get into anything or anyone too far, we need to discuss the mechanics of this world a little bit, just so you mm. kind of get what's up. The very mm-hmm. basic premise is that of magical girls defending the world from witches, beings that attempt to curse humanity, causing death, despair, and destruction by either luring humans into their realms, their labyrinths, which they can control and manipulate, or by reaching out of their labyrinths to curse people in their day-to-day lives. And I'll talk about them in a little bit more detail in a bit. Magical girls come to be by making a contract with this magical cat-looking thing. The one we meet is named Kyube, but as the series progresses and we learn more, we know there are more than one of this little guy, but given they're non-human and fucking weird, it's hard to say if they share a name or not. The nature of the contracts is that these girls get granted one wish, one miracle, in exchange for pledging their souls to battle evil. And just so we're clear, when I say pledging their souls, I mean that very, very literally. The personalized MacGuffin all of these girls carry around is a shiny egg-looking thing called a soul gem, which is the source of their magical powers. These soul gems require maintenance, as by expending magic, they begin to muddy, their colors get darker. And they can only be cleansed using grief seeds, artifacts that witches may or may not drop upon their deaths. This is where I'm going to pause on a second and ask if you guys have any ideas about why exactly this might be sketchy as hell so i have no real clue other than some kind of way to latch onto something right i like i that's that's my only speculation okay i'm confused because i don't know what this all could mean it does seem sus but i don't know it's the basic premise of a lot of magical girl stuff is the thing Mm. Mm. yeah this sounds standard this is fairly normal i do like this as a trade like the Anime that I most, well, going into this, starting episode one, those first couple minutes, that started to ring a little close to like Mew Mew Power here in the West, right? Where they're uh, mm. sort of cat companions. 
give them the powers. Right. But this doesn't seem like, oh, hey, you're destined to save the world. This is like, oh, no, this is a contract. Don't break the contract. They make their choices. And what they wish for tells you a lot about the characters and the world that they hope to live in. Getting into that, let's go through our magical girls. So first off, we have our title character, Madoka Kaname, voiced in Japanese by Aoi Yuki and Christine Mary Kavanos in English. I'll mention the English voice actors, but I watched the sub and cannot imagine watching this in dub. So Madoka is sweet, hopeful, compassionate, and soft-hearted. She is so very very pink her signature hair bows are cute as hell and her magical girl outfit involves a very cute puffy skirt her weapon of choice is a bow with infinite magic bullshit arrows and she believes in the power of friendship and hope that working together anything can be overcome and every injustice and cruelty she and her allies face hurts her but doesn't break her madika learns a lot of pretty unpleasant things over the course of the series but she perseveres and refuses to despair choosing instead to believe and wish that things were better. She is very much a lot of the tropes for a magical girl, particularly the young and the rookie of the group. She also sees the best in their path, whereas a lot of the others want something out of it. You know, they make their wish, and then the magical girl Mm. thing just kind of happens. She feels that just being a magical girl might be enough. One of the central conflicts of the series is what does she want enough to weigh her soul for? What is her wish? So I'm not going to tell you what she ends up wishing for, just that it is basically the plot. Next up, we have Sayaka Miki, voiced by Eri Kitamura and Sarah Ann Williams. Sayaka believes in justice and fairness and doing the right thing. She can be kind of abrasive to people she doesn't trust or like or even just feels are in the wrong, but she is incredibly supportive of her friends. Sayaka's wish was for her friend and crush, Kiyosuke Kajima's, hands to be healed so he could keep playing violin after they were ruined in an accident. Her weapon is a cutlass-ish sword. It's described as a cutlass, but to me it looks more like a cavalry saber. I'm not going to argue the specifics of sword design with an anime. Like, if you tell me that's a cutlass, I guess I believe you. It's your world. You get to tell it. But that's certainly not a cutlass by any standard. She also has a pretty baller cape. Her recurring motif is of music notes and symbols to reference her wish. And because her wish was to heal someone else, she has an accelerated healing factor. Throughout mm-hmm. the series, Sayaka really goes through it, taking the burden of defending the innocent onto herself after something of a falling out with some of her allies, even as she professes that she wants to live with no regrets. Sayaka starts off alongside Madoka as a non-magical girl, and then she jumps headfirst into it. Let's talk about Mami Tomoe. We mentioned her earlier. She is and yellow. She is the first magical girl we get a real good look at, though not the first one on screen. She's voiced by Kaori Mizuashi and Carrie Karanen. She is two years older than the rest of the main cast, making her 16 to their 14, and she's the veteran of the group. Her weapon is sort of a musket, sort of a shotgunny type thing. And by a musket shotgunny thing, I actually mean a whole bunch that she can summon at will. She has this yellow bullshit ribbon power that she can also use to grab things and restrain opponents. When I say bullshit, I really do mean bullshit. That thing overpowered as fuck. I don't care. I accept this. Mommy's wish was made out of desperation, having been approached while dying after a car accident. 
ever since she's been fighting witches, and she's excited by the prospect of allies after spending so long fighting alone. Mommy is realistic and kind, fighting to save people rather than preserve herself, but she isn't one to be caught off guard by things, and she's more than capable of making hard decisions when push comes to shove. Because there is a lot of shove that comes to push. Our next magical girl is one you guys haven't seen yet, Kyoko Sakura, who is voiced by Ai Noaka and Lauren Landa. Not gonna beat around the bush with this one. She's red, which means she's kind of a bitch. She's selfish, she's constantly eating, and she tends to be pretty disrespectful to people with different approaches to being a magical girl. That's not to say she's unreasonable, it's just that she's been at this a while and has ended up pretty jaded. Kyoko's wish was for people to seriously listen to her father, an unorthodox preacher whose congregation had abandoned him. This ended pretty badly, and afterwards, she swore to never use magic to help anyone else ever again. Oh my god. I know, right? But she is 14, so the drama... The drama is in fact Lama. I get it. Yeah. This resolve gets tested as she forges bonds with the other girls and they face danger together. Her weapon of choice is a big-ass spear, but also these giant magical lattice chains that can create barriers. So she uses that to keep people out of a fight or in a fight as the situation requires. And it's just design-wise pretty nifty looking. In the picture that we've got on screen, it very much gives her like a like a mean sort of scorpion look. And I like it a yes. lot. I'm thinking straight up Ivy from Soul Calibur. Mm -hmm. So Kyoko is powerful and relentless. And thanks to having an excess of grief seeds, she can afford to let loose with her magic and cause as much damage as she wants since she can just clean her gem at the end of any fight. Finally, in our main cast, we have Hamura Akemi. Hamura is something of a mystery for the majority of the show. Voiced by Chua Saito and Christina V, she's knowledgeable, dangerous, and plays her cards close to her chest. It's not exactly that she doesn't want allies or that she doesn't care about others, but she has no interest in being held back or in playing by anyone else's rules. And there is a damn good reason for her often stone-cold demeanor. It sort of sounds like, kind of like the lone wolf of the whole pack, if anything. Yeah, it's not that she hates people, she just doesn't have time for them. This attitude doesn't always sit right with others who either want answers or just for her to back off so they can do what they think is right, but Hamra's isn't one to be deterred. Like Kyoko, she's been at this long enough to drop any idealism and focus on her goal and her goal alone. She knows a super powerful witch called Walpurgis Knight, and this witch is coming for their city and she intends to kill it, no matter the cost to herself. Hamra is also openly hostile to the prospect of others becoming magical girls outright attacking QB and doing everything in her power to prevent Madoka in particular from making a contract. Hmm. Her magical weapon is actually just her shield on her left arm. So she does what any 14 year old with half decent survival instincts would do. She carries around a whole bunch of guns and explosives to use at a moment's notice since that thing works as a bag of holding. You use guns as well? Oh, you're cool too. <laughs> so her like her shield is like a black void of like emptiness that can hold up like multiple stuff or weapons. Just like her she heart. Yeah. <sighs> oh no, that's not true. Wow. And I need to be clear here because it is funny as fuck. Homura <laughs> steals guns from criminals and military bases to fight magic witches and it works. This is a viable you're strategy. Cool. You're so fucking cool. She's so cool. Let me steal from the government so that I can fight with you. Oh, That's who you should place. steal from! So fucking funny. Oh, she can stay in the realm of my favorite characters forever. <laughs> One of your witch hunters on your team is a homeland terrorist. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you'll notice that I didn't tell you Hamura's wish either, and that's because it's also hella plot relevant. 
Like it's oh. so secret that not even the magic wish granting cat knows what it is right off the bat. I will tell you though, by the end of the series, she and Madoka are in lesbians together, and anyone who says otherwise either hasn't watched it or is so straight you could use them to level a shelf. Oh my god. Wow. I can't I can't tell you. They're just so gay. Sayaka and Kyoko, the blue one and the red one, are also mm -hmm. another pretty big ship going from clashing over ideals to fighting together to some fucking emotional conversations mid-battle. Though the best of that last category is near the end of the third movie, Rebellion. This series does not pull any fucking punches. I need to make that clear. If you go into this not planning to be in pain, you shouldn't be going into it. But since we've established our heroes, it's time to talk a little about the antagonists. The series actually has one very clear antagonist that's a bit of a spoiler, but also isn't at all because that fucker is ominous as hell right from the get-go. And then it has the witches. Each individual witch actually does get a name, though it's only on screen for a really short time and in Japanese, and not okay. all subs oh, okay. are going to tell you what their name is. Good luck keeping track of those. The big thing is, I actually can't talk all that too much about the antagonists without entering hard spoiler territory, at least a little. So here's some warning. I'm going to be giving minor spoilers from here, but I will be doing my best to minimize them. Witches, for example, are the result of despair and pain so great that it warps an individual into something that can only curse the rest of the world, right. which is why they're fueled by the grief seeds, which are manifestations of their pain and blackened souls. So every witch was, at one point, a person who suffered so greatly they can only express that by inflicting suffering outward. This is one of those revelations our heroes have to face as the pretty shell of being a colorful, fun heroine begins to crack and peel away to reveal the suffering of endless combat, the loneliness of defending a city with few to no allies from threats that no one else can see, and the despair of a cruel world. Like, the witches look cool, but oof. Oh my god, your job sucks. <laughs> they all have a story, they all have a tragedy, and that sucks. What witches do to people is... They don't just make them feel bad. They can actually drive people to suicide. Our heroes save a woman who jumps off a building and they catch her before she lands. They can't just yeah. let yeah. these tragedies sit. This is an actual threat caused by someone's pain. Now, the true antagonist of this series is, in fact, that fucking cat, Kyube. I had a feeling. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. Look too pretty to be to be nice, you know. Like, I had a feeling. I was like, yeah, man, can't trust it. Can't trust that thing, man. I don't want to go too far into why, but keep in mind that any magical entity that decides its target demographic is teenage girls and then gets them to make verbal contracts without full and informed consent is a bad fucking magical entity and deserves every bullet Hamura puts into its stupid smug little face. Thank you for letting me know. I need to see that scene. I have to see it. Can you all share right, that with me? Right, I need now. to see this. So, like, tell us how you really feel? <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta see that. Like, man, if anyone ever tried to follow up on the contract law of all of that, the lawsuit would be out of this fucking world. <laughs> oh, shit. And the big question here, why this cat is evil, quote-unquote, is what exactly does he get out of making magical girls? And it's not a pretty answer. The answer threatens to tear the girls apart and oh, pushes Madoka into a perfectly understandable breakdown. Can you inform me, this is one thing I just need to add, but that at some point, does he eventually get his you know face stomped in? He gets his face stomped in a couple of times. Oh, excellent. Okay. The real killer is at the very end of the third movie. So if you want to stick all the way around for that, it might be worthwhile just to watch that cat get what he deserves. 
There's also the question of what are the actual mechanics of a magical girl? Why does their magic work? And what is it? But mm -hmm. also pretty rough. Because here's the thing. This show does not shy away from things happening that are fucked up. It's not invincible levels of brutal, but there's violence, there's suffering, and there is grief that these girls deal with. Gotcha. Like, very high tendencies of, uh, I don't want to say murder, but, like, high violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, these are young girls. These are children fighting mm -hmm. battles that are way out of their league. And the ways they have to do it to keep doing what they have to do are often unpleasant and they don't always take them well but where a lot of traditional anime doesn't really let the characters face the emotional consequences how often do you deal with that how often do you actually address the fact that you are a literal child and shouldn't be doing this some of them do the best ones do in my opinion but a lot of them just don't because that's not the point kids are there to watch kids kick ass not watch kids have ptsd the point is for you know kids to punch the big bad and the bug bad's mm -hmm. job is to therefore be punched. AKA My Hero Academia, Fullmetal Alchemist. Fairy uh, Tale. Naruto. Should I go Baruto. on? Naruto. Everything shonen? <laughs> Shit, yeah. 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 That's just the genre. That's how it works. And that's fine. But this series goes, actually, no, we're going to talk about that. Our poor fucking protagonists have to live with that. I'm not going to tell you who. And I'm not going to tell you how. And I'm not going to tell you why. But I made a joke in our pre-show about a lesbian who pulls oh. God from heaven because she's her girlfriend. Okay. And I need you to know that that's relevant to the plot. There's some big power there. You did this. In full anime <clears throat> style, we do get pretty big in, in scale towards the end. So let me just get this straight. Things They're not. Are... <laughs> well, no, let me, okay, okay, let me just get this. Let me just get this angled, okay? Yeah. Right. The fate of everything hangs in the balance based on a relationship? Not quite. Okay. But not no. They sort themselves out to some extent, but one of the big themes of this show is sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice for one miracle? And when you've got it, what do you do next? But also, mm. being selfish isn't always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. One of Sayaka's biggest flaws in the series is that she struggles to be selfish, whereas Kyoko, on the other end of that spectrum struggles to stop being selfish. What it is, is it's a culmination of the genre because friendship isn't really what saves the day in this one. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's still love. It's still affection. It's still compassion that helps them deal with the enroaching despair. Like we find out at one point that magical girls have existed throughout all of history. And that's why Joan of Arc is relevant because she allegedly was a magical girl. Joan of Arc is a magical girl. Yes. All right. We also have yeah. a pretty good supporting cast in this one. If you guys recall, Madoka's family, her mom, her dad, and her little brother, they don't turn up a whole lot for the most part, but every time they do, it's just nice. Her parents are just good parents. Her dad is a wonderful house husband, and her mom is an executive with makeup and a friend. Her mom has an actual female adult friend that we get to see her interact with on screen. Adults have feelings and they make friends too. As the series progresses, Madoka, you know, emotionally struggles and her mom and her teacher, who are friends, both notice and they talk about it, that they're worried about her, that mm. watching your kid grow up can be hard. And it doesn't feel like a huge step out of the realm of the rest of the anime because, yeah, it is just actually addressing the consequences. We also get their close friend, Hitomi Shizuki, who is initially friends with Madoka and Sayaka. 
And she turns up periodically to either get her shit fucked or to try and do her best. Funnily enough, when Madoka and Sayaka start disappearing for magical girl reasons, Hitomi's first response is that they're doing it because they're dating. Hmm. You know what? That'd be sound logic to me too. Which is doubly funny because it turns out that she has a crush on the same guy that Sayaka has a crush on. And that leads to some interpersonal conflict. Oh, shit. Oh, there is drama. Oh, my God. There is petty teenage girl drama. Speaking of petty drama, their teacher, who is friends with Madoka's mom, also spends a lot of her time on screen bemoaning men being awful because she just cannot hold down a boyfriend and mm -hmm. also getting really spookily ominous sometimes. This can either set the tone or just be weirdly fucked up. It varies. The other big central theme of this series is hope versus despair, which admittedly does tie back to the sacrifice one. Because as any of us know, who know anything about DC Lanterns can tell you, hope without the willpower to force change isn't all that useful. It's true. Got a blue yeah. lantern? If you don't have a green lantern, they're a scrub. That's how it works. <laughs> Hard facts. <laughs> Which is kind of the vibe here, that it's one thing to hope, one thing to believe, but you've got to act on that belief. You've got to act on that hope. Otherwise, eventually it's just going to be too much for you. The combination of hope and desire to see those hopes realized can quite literally rewrite the universe. But if you run out and you can no longer see a way to escape what you believe to be your fate, the all-encompassing despair is enough to damn worlds as well. And physically, literally, literally kill you. The stakes, as they must, get very, very high towards the end of the series. While Pergasnack, the big fuck-off witch, she's so powerful she can actually just manifest in the real world and while no one else can see her still she can in fact just fuck up the entire city that's why it's such a big deal that she has oh. to die anyway i guess it would come off like a natural disaster but my god yeah. is that a storm okay really yeah. uh. one of my favorite sequences in this entire goddamn show is watching what homer is set up to fight this thing because again she has no inherent offensive capabilities but she was like this thing it's gotta fucking go so she steals so many guns, so many explosives, so many rocket launchers. She hides like my that hero. tank in a river. That's it's a hero. lot. The whole team needed Batman. And see how she's going off with prep time? Shut up. This is the best character on the show right now. Stop <laughs> this. We love someone who does not fuck around. No, nah, man. She's the best. But she can also get arrogant sometimes where she thinks that she's got this. And sometimes she don't got this. Sounds best. like a Batman. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking facts. That dude has overconfidence coming out of his ear holes. If Batman was a purple lesbian, yes. The third movie, which I keep plugging because I watched it recently and it's very good, is mm. weird because it spends a lot of its runtime kind of divested from reality in a few ways, which it results in it looking pretty fucking trippy. So we actually talked earlier about background characters and how those can appear in animes for either budget reasons or just because they just don't give a shit. And the third movie plays on that to some extent. The background characters sure are people with faces. <laughs> no, they're not. No. Oh. oh <laughs> okay. Oh, like in a deliberate choice kind of way, but like, Jesus. This show and the movies use their stylistic changes to hammer home points of unreality, of mm -hmm. discomfort, of just generally, hey, the vibes here are bad. Leave. Stop that. Cut it out. 
as of April 2021, they announced a fourth movie. Isn't the series not? Nope. You thought. As Shino mentioned earlier, the animation does not look 10 years out of date, even though it is. Nope. This looks like it could have been made like now in the style of like My Hero and My Psycho. I honestly thought it was like when first thing it on, I didn't pay attention to the date stamp on that, so I was just I was just watching it. I'm like, oh, man, okay, I don't know. How come I never heard this shit? This shit, I was like, just how new is this? So I was, and that's when I just hopped into the to the uh, right after talking to you guys, and then now I'm hearing that it's from 2011, like 10 years back. I'm like, this shit was 10 mm. years back. How's this? How's this look like this? Uh, from my perspective, I thought it was like at least 2015 or something like that. So like that kind of new anime era. But I was like, like recent, yeah. Yeah, but like I was like, who do you work for? <laughs> like, who are you guys? Like young yeah, studio Madhouse, hello? Yeah. Too bad about them though. Rip. Oh, it's a Shaft studio. Oh, they're good. They're great, actually. They're great. I know about I know that studio. They're really good. But I can't actually reveal too much more without getting into heavy spoiler territory, which even though I would love to do. I really think you guys, both you guys and any listeners, should experience this series as it's intended with every gut punch unseen. Man, because I've seen seen all the lists and all the, you know, stuff that goes on. I'm like, man. For those who do, who who did watch that the whole way through, I commend you, yo. You have a heart (laughs) and stomach like no other. And you're a hero to me because I, like, I can't watch. Like, I can watch some gruesome things, but, like, it's when you cross two two worlds. I can't watch little girls get fucking fucked up like that. So for me, for me, I can't tune in. But man, if you did, man, you got you got a strong you got a strong sense of you. I'm I'm jealous actually. You know what? That's fair. Violence against children is rough. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it, man. <laughs> Put fucking lightly. That's for sure. So this this series, like a watching episode one, and on Netflix, there's that little oh you know hit next episode, and because that showed up. Just after it got hella fucking surreal, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I got to click it. I got to click it. Damn it. I'm going to run out of time. Yeah, you've got me for five more episodes for sure. And then we'll see where we land. Fucking fantastic. Table, thank you very much for taking us on this surreal emotional roller coaster. Oh, yeah. This very pretty acid trip of uh, an anime. Well, I know magical girl animes aren't your guys' thing, so I'm happy to point one in your direction. That's no, uh, no, 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 no. See, you can take that back because magical thing, the magical girl stuff is not out of my wheelhouse. Neither is it for me. That that right, I don't watch some of that shit. Did. But this shit, yeah. this is like, yo, man, I can't. These are some like okay, one. These are some young children. Two, yo, you they're way too cute to be going through that kind of punishment. Three, punishment. I can't watch that happen. That shit's so rough. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Three punishment. Like <laughs> the man, this man mentioned it in the second point, and in the third point was punishment itself. Oh man, she was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> cut. <laughs> no man. <laughs> That's fair. They do go through it. They really go through it. Mm-hmm. Fuck, so thank you for putting us through it, Beastie, if you please. Yes, yes, I will. After, you know, diving into this magical, pretty world and of, you know, horror suspense, you can also catch more anime talks or more discussions with us by subscribing with us on our YouTube channel. Or you can also catch us on Thursdays as well, streaming live on twitch.tv slash nerdcrusade. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates and join our Crusader chat on Discord by checking our link tree in the description down below. You can download any previous episodes or listen on your mobile device through anchor.fm or search Nerd Crusade on your favorite podcast app. And thank you for joining us. And until next time, fellow Crusaders. That is to be continued. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this video, go ahead and button mash a thumbs up. 
if you want to swing by when we have a new video, web up the sub button. Oh, and while you're at it, hit the bell to be notified by. Come on, go!